we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker. Joining me as ever, Simone Roche, MBE, our great leader. And oh, hang on, hang on, Simone. I've just do I have to salute now, <laughs> Lieutenant Roche. What the heck, honorary lieutenant in the Royal Navy? Goodness me, tell me more. Uh, well, it's actually on honorary lieutenant commander. Oh I think my you might word! Have just, I mean, you might have demoted me. Maybe that's because I've been in trouble. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was this week's highlight: a letter from the Queen uh, ratifying my appointment as an honorary lieutenant commander in the Royal Navy. So, yeah, really. Oh, do you know what? I'm really, really excited. It's been. Kind of hanging around for quite a while, but we've we've obviously had to wait for the Queen to sort of rubber stamp it from Windsor. Yeah, it's brilliant. And you know what? I think the thing that's only just dawned on me as well, there's there's only around about 30 in the world, 30 of us, five of us in the north, and hands up if you're the only female. You're kidding. You're the only woman. <laughs> in the north, yeah. Oh, my word. So, yeah, no, it's brilliant. And I think some of, you know, many of you all know that I, I joined the Navy at the age of 18. And I always think it was the best thing that I ever did. But ultimately, coming full circle, one of the reasons for setting Northern Power Women up was because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I was, you know, at, at that age. And I wanted to create that plethora of visible role models so people would have options. But now for me, this is like coming back home again, you know, 50% of recruits for the Royal Navy are from the north of England, but tend to be white male. Mm. So uh, part of this, and I think part of getting me on board, it is honorary, it is advocacy, but it's very much about engagement with communities and conversations. So to be honest, it is properly right up my waterway. Oh, does that sound <laughs> wrong? <laughs> Maybe I've just been devoted to lieutenant. Probably have yeah, a night. <laughs> That is amazing. I mean, with my ridiculous childish brain, I'm like, can you just get on any ship anywhere and make them do whatever you tell them to do? Reroute this ship. I love it. It's just fantastic. Well, Northern Power Man is, is ecstatic. So I, I, I got a call because I've been asked to do some media around it, which is brilliant. And I, I went up to the Royal Naval Northern Command, which one was very strange going into a real life environment. I haven't been in an office or anything yeah. like this for, for months and months. That was weird. But um, yeah, I went in and got my rig, my kit. The amount of clothing I've got as of today of my new Navy attire was unbelievable. And I was literally having to 
run to go on to another call. And I'm like, am I allowed to travel in my uniform? Am I allowed to do this? Because I've not had my, all my full briefings yet. And so it did. I literally swept back onto HMS Lady Isabella, where we live, uh, down the jetty. I, I could have the officer and a gentleman music in my ears. Amazing. But you know what? The bugger was, it was pouring down with rain and nobody saw me. <laughs> I now have this image of you sprinting like a gazelle along Royal Albert Dock towards your boat. Do you know what, Simone? If I'd just been given this honour, fantastic honorary Lieutenant Commander of the Royal Navy, one of only 30 in the ruddy world, I'd be wearing that uniform 24-7. A bit like when you're a kid and you get new shoes and you wear them to bed because you're so excited. Oh, I'd wear it non-stop. I want you to wear it on every Zoom call for at least a week, please. Well, uh, do you know what I have to say? That I had a telephone Zoom call. Uh, I, li- I had like 14, 15 minutes. I could have got changed. No, didn't. Too right. <laughs> kept, kept, kept it on. <laughs> 100%. I love it. Brilliant. Well, look, that's been the highlight of your week. Of course, it'd be the highlight of my life, I think, if I got that. But <laughs> you've, you've been super busy, as usual, speaking to loads of brilliant Northern Power women and men. What's been the topics of conversation this week? Do you know what? One, a word, you know, we like these sort of little corona coaster words and uh, the, the elephant of the Zoom and stuff like yes. that. Kindfulness was one that came out this week. Ooh. And it came from somebody she, we've talked about before on the podcast, Laura Hepburn. Yes. And she actually messaged me this morning. Little did we know we were both going to be on the same round table call but she talked to me to say you know she suddenly hit a wall Hmm. you know we talked about a wall didn't we last week we talked about that yeah that's what and she only caught up on the podcast this morning because you know the way we speak and the way we're kind of let's stop giving ourselves a hard time or whatever it enabled her to feel better about her whole situation because it's easy to feel it was so that for me is so I still think there's a lot about kindfulness. Mm. I also think the other thing that we're, we're seeing is almost, I feel, feel like we're, there's a divide between shops are open, people are getting back to work, and then there's people that are still probably like, we're in a still fairly locked down sort of way here mm. on on the boat with, with, you know, shielding Rob. So I can definitely see a divide. And I, I heard um, on another podcast, I know someone else does a podcast. Really? Um, and I know. <laughs> and it was a, a young a young lad from Madford, Manchester, who had gone to a, an illegal rave last weekend. Oh, I saw and, and he went, well, it's just blown away, hasn't it? It was just, you know, so it's just gone away. It's blown away. And the next minute they brought this, this young man on from the Northeast who just lost his brother. Oh. And, and and he, I don't know how he managed to kind of retain sort of the control of, of his voice, knowing, you know, everything he's going through. I definitely think we're seeing a divide, but I think there's definitely, oh, it's swept away mm. and it's gone away now and literally is being washed away in Thunderstorm Britain this week. And then you've got the sort of a little bit more wary, which I absolutely think I fall into the, into the, the bag of. Uh, it's interesting because here in Arizona, Doug Ducey, Doug Ducey, the governor of the state, did open up really early doors. I mean, before my birthday, which was 13th of May, so a good week before that, things started to open up back here. Now, you may be surprised, you may be not. Arizona is currently 
absolutely spiking with new cases. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's because there's more testing. But man alive, we are higher than pretty much any other state right now. And we're a very spread out state in terms of population because we're such a massive state. And there's some areas of Phoenix that are where people live cheap by jowl. But there's also huge swathes of the state where, of course, it's just open plains. So I know a lot of scientists and a lot of epidemiologists are really scratching their heads and going, why is Arizona being affected so much? One thing you can say is the heat doesn't kill it seeing as we're 40 plus all day every day at the moment but President Trump who's consistently refused to wear a mask in public this week he uttered the amazing phrase well if we don't test anymore there won't be any new cases will there which you just think is beyond beyond comprehension so he held a huge rally in Oklahoma last Saturday he has said masks are not required for this when of course virologists up and down the country are saying what the heck are you doing? This is indoors and thousands of people. But he said, I'm not concerned about people getting coronavirus. Does that mean he doesn't think people will get it or does it mean he's just not concerned if they do? There you go. But every single person who attended that rally in Oklahoma had to sign a disclaimer saying, if you get coronavirus, you cannot hold President Trump or the government (gasps) responsible. So does he believe it's still out there or does he not? And it's this... The virus has become very political in this country. There are lots of voices saying they think it's a democratic plot to try and overthrow the American way. I mean, some of the theories going around are just unbelievable. Loads of people are out in bars, packing out bars, packing out shops. I'm like you, Simone. I'm going out with caution. I'm going to do my weekly shop. I'm wearing a mask. I'm washing my hands when I get in. And I'm still staying in a very small social bubble. And for me... That's what feels right for my family. My husband still hasn't been back into work, although the office is open. And I think you've got to do what's right for you and and be aware because you're right. It hasn't washed away. It hasn't blown away. It hasn't burned away. That's for sure. Yeah, that's interesting because there was all that speculation and all that sort of indication that the heat would impact. And if it's yeah. if it's not, if, it, if you're spiking there, and I think we've seen Beijing spike, we've seen schools close mm. in, in Beijing as well. And then and we've equally seen some, I think we've seen some, a couple of cases in New Zealand, which... Well, where people have flown in from London, yeah. Yeah, take it, yeah, attending a, a funeral, I think, or something over there. So it's been, I'm, and, and do you know what? Everyone has to do, like you say, what's right for them. There is no rule book on this. In my mindset, and I'm only looking at, there's only Rob and I, okay, on this boat. You know, that's, there's, there's two of us. So it's, it's, it's different, isn't there? Depending on mm. your family size and, and your dependence and the caring responsibilities that you've got. But I am mindful of that second spike. I am mindful the, phenomenal cues that were out in force last Monday when when the shops opened. Really? Um, I mean, literally, I I don't need a a one-pound vest top from Primark that much. Do you know what I mean? I just... And equally, there's the whole challenge of buying and returning and all this kind of thing. So the, the shopping cues were vast. Not quite fighting for trainers. It's not quite like Black Friday, but not somewhere that I want to go at all. Mm. But people have clearly missed that retail experience. I can't even call it experience, can you, if you're queuing outside and um, having to... uh, Yeah, so I'm I'm worried about that second spike um, coming... Going back to what you said about the podcast you were listening to with the young lad saying, oh, it's just all washed away, hasn't it now? What's... Mm fascinating if you take a step back and quite frightening if you actually think about it as a human being is I was reading a really interesting report from Ipsos Mori and and King's College London about social media 
news and what people believe about coronavirus. And these are quite startling, but perhaps not surprising. A 30% of people who get their news from Facebook believe coronavirus was created in a lab. Now, we know that scientists have done very in-depth reports and pretty much quashed that theory. But for people who get their news from Facebook, a third of people still absolutely believe that. 60% of people who get their news from YouTube think coronavirus is a 5G spread virus. And it's just startling to see nearly half of people think COVID-19 is being exaggerated if they get their news from Facebook. So it's in a way, it's not surprising that young lad went, oh, it's just going to get washed away, isn't it? Because he'll see a, quote, news article on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram and go, oh, that's true because it says news on it. And that's what's getting quite frightening, I think. And this is what we saw through Brexit, through the yep. election. This yep. is what we see through every kind of news cycle um, is is that, is where people, because we consume in different ways now. We don't mm. go and buy the daily whatever, do we? And we, because we're looking and we're, because we, we get the notifications, we don't even have to go to an app. I think it's it, it, that whole conspiracy theory and, and the fake news. That's this generation now, isn't it? That's that's what we that what we live on, which is a worry. It's, it really is a worry because that young lad and he he did sound when when the brother challenged him he wasn't aggressive towards him or no. defensive no. he was he was he, he, i would say he was mortified but he, you know he was he definitely he, he could tell there was no penny had dropped at that point mm. Just be curious. Be curious. I mean, I don't know about you. I never watch one news channel. I don't just get my news from one source. And even here in in the US where every news channel is very partisan, you can watch MSNBC where Trump is the devil or Fox News where he's God. And, you know, you have to know that somewhere in the middle is the truth. And it's hard. It's sometimes hard to find the truth. There are so many theories and it is confusing, even if you're a level headed person. But I think you've got to go with your gut and what's right for your family, because this really... It's not over, is it, by any means? And how that affects your work and your family life and that work-life balance is something I think we're going to be challenged with for some time. But let's get positive, Simone. You know what I want from you now, don't you? I think it's time for some life lessons. Let's get some life lessons. I can't tell you how much these life lessons have impacted on my day-to-day reality. The number of times I've been sitting here thinking, I'm I'm at a brick wall, what do I do? And I think back to some brilliant advice that we've heard over the last 13 weeks. And I think, no, just one step at a time. Get your whole day and put it into 20-minute chunks. Just do the next 20 minutes and you'll be okay. So these have been amazing. Who have we got today? We want to commit to supporting and celebrating and spotlighting our phenomenal uh, women from BAME background, BAME community. And this week we have got Barbara Bray, MBE. And Barbara is amazing. So she is the queen of food and food nutrition. So let's get Barbara's life lessons. Hello, my name is Barbara Bray and I'm a food safety and nutrition consultant in the food industry. Here are my life lessons. What's one piece of advice that's really stuck with me? My primary school teacher told me that I was capable of doing anything that I set my mind to. I just had to try. And that has really stayed with me subconsciously throughout life. When have I faced imposter syndrome? And what did I do about it? Last year, I was successful in getting a place on a leadership programme that was held at Windsor Castle. I arrived at those gates and I just took a minute to stare and think, what am I doing here and do I deserve to be here? 
and I could see that the policemen outside the gate were looking at me and I thought I just need to take a deep breath get my pass round my neck and step forward and go through the doors like I'm supposed to be there and that's what I had to do but it was more that they shamed me into it by keeping looking at me what would I tell the 25 year old about work-life balance I would say live your life to the full and remember that work will always be there the next day but they might not necessarily want you doing that role a time when I had to be resilient I went through a period, it was a four-month stretch of time where I'd had major surgery, relationship breakup, redundancy and the house that I was selling flooded and then I really had to pull out all the tools from the toolkit to be resilient. But it taught me about the value of having good friends and a good network around you and how people can be very kind. What difference did having a mentor make to me? My mentor taught me about failure and the importance of failure and that left me with a legacy it meant that I've been able since then to try new things without worrying about the outcome just doing them to test them and not panicking if it wasn't going to be successful or not so they are my life lessons I hope you find them useful thank you Thank you so much to the awesome Barbara Bray, MBE. Now, look, if there is a woman of colour who you think her voice just needs amplifying, she's got incredible wisdom to share and she has not had that platform, or a fantastic man as well, a BAME man, we would love to hear from you. Just either get in touch, if that is you, podcast at northernpowerwomen.com, or if there is a fantastic woman or man of colour in your working environment, your social circles that you think deserves to have a platform here on the Northern Power Women podcast, nominate them we'll do the rest we'll get in touch podcast at northernpowerwomen.com ta i've got a skedaddle in a minute simone i mean you might be aware i moved house well you know of course but i moved house about 10 days ago because i packed in such a hurry because of hashtag psycho landlord i i'm still unpacking boxes of which i kind of open it up and it's like the worst lucky dip in the world inside i'll find like a beach towel one trainer a saucepan some cat food I'm like how is this all in the same box (laughs) it is I said the worst lucky dip but slowly but surely like a kind of Krypton factor puzzle I'm managing to piece my house back together (laughs) well would you know what talking of lucky dips um, last weekend I decided to venture into the Lady Isabella vegetable garden yes who knew that right at the start of lockdown I got a grow bag and got one of these very versatile nets that sort of like a pop up net tent whatever Um, and I popped it over my my grow bags and then I neatly put all the seeds in and then I got impatient and kind of you know (laughs) raked them around a bit then I added more seeds I may have added some more seeds so anyway we've had quite a bit of rain recently it's like the triffid attack out there one (laughs) it's very green it's very bushy two I have no idea what anything is apart from two teeny tiny little strawberries (laughs) and something that could be spinach but also could be beetroot leaves not quite sure but there's my lucky dip this week this sounds amazing i need photographic evidence please post it at north power women on twitter immediately marvelous right you get your beetroot slash spinach i'll go and open some more random boxes this is the northern power women podcast thank you so much for listening the next episode is coming your way on monday june 29th can you believe it Simone, I shall speak to you next week. I will see you next week. Enjoy the boxes. 
I'm Sam Walker. The Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. 